going to do this spiritual warfare, getting it right, part three. If you are here for the first time, welcome. I pray God blesses you tonight and that God speaks to you and, and stirs your faith in Jesus' name. Put up um, the, first, the first pictures. There's two pictures I want you to see, all right, the, 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 of, of um, Moses. Here's what happens. There's disobedience in the camp of Israel while they're in the wilderness. And God sends serpents. And people start dying. And God says to Moses, bring up the next one, the second one. Is it the second one up? All right, the first one is the snake, that one. No, 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 there's another one. There's another, there's one prior to that one with Moses standing up with the snake. All right, is it there? Yeah, there we go. I know it's not the best picture, but I just got that before I came. But listen, here's what happens. God says to Moses, make a staff, a serpent, and lift it up. And whoever looks on that will be healed. Those who've been bitten by snakes, those who have that poison in them will be bitten, will will be healed of that. That poison will go. Yes, what you have to understand is that the snakes didn't stop coming. But they had to keep looking at the bronze serpent. They had to keep looking at that. So sometimes in our lives we deal with these snakes continuously. But we have to keep on looking. So what are you looking at? So as we, as we, as we go through this tonight, number one, set your mind. If you want to understand anything about spiritual warfare, you've got to number one, set your mind. Because Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where? Above. 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 Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Because we know the Bible tells us that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So we are above. So we got to set our minds on things above. You know, it's what you call a mindset. A lot of people have a negative mindset. They have a worldly mindset. They have a poverty mindset, even though they are seated in heavenly places. So what is your mindset? And that's why Moses lifts up and they, and they say, look at the serpent. Look at the bronze serpent and you will be healed of that. And so you've got to set your mind on things above verse 2, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So number one, you've got to set your mind. Number two, you've got to know where you fight from. You fight from heavenly places. I know we are living here on the earth, but if you and I need, need to understand how to overcome the devil and how to do spiritual warfare, then you have to understand you're doing it from above and not beneath. You are above the principalities and powers. The Bible is very clear about that. I don't care what Christians have to say or some people want you to believe. The Bible tells us, God tells us, my, my book of reference is not someone's opinion, but the Bible, the Word of God. Amen. That's reference for everything. So the Bible tells us, God tells us, we are seated in heavenly places and Jesus is far above all principality and power, might and dominion and every name that is named. Number three, know who is with you. You've got to know that you're not doing this by yourself. 
Jesus is with you. He said, I will never leave you, never forsake you. I will never let you go. Know that you are seated with Christ, that we are in Christ, the Bible says. So you've got to know who's with you. And that's key. No matter what has happened in your life, if you've fallen, if you've messed up, you get up again because the Bible says, though a righteous man fall, he will rise seven times. Amen. You get up again and you know that God will raise you up because you are still His child. Get up and start to function the way that God wants you to function. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Number four, you've got to know your enemy. Because if you don't know your enemy, He'll take you out. And that's the challenge. A lot of people are, are, are I know they're very devil focused, but they don't know, they don't even know their enemy. Right? They don't know their enemy. And, and, and who is the enemy that we fight? Well, number one, he's called the accuser. He's called the accuser. Right? Let's look at the scripture, Revelation chapter 12. I'm going through this quickly because I want you to get this. He says, Then I heard a loud voice is saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren. Say the accuser of the brethren. You can say sister as well. But the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. Right? Who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and the word uh, uh, and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. Number one, listen, the enemy is the accuser. Here's the point. Even if you've done something wrong and you've repented before God and you're clean and you're whole, guess what? The accuser will come for you. He will accuse you day and night. Amen. But the Bible tells us we are overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we love not even our lives unto death. So when the devil comes and accuses you, you tell him, excuse me, devil, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I stand righteous. Amen. That's the deal. And, and that's why the Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you live by condemnation by your because you've fallen and messed up and you don't understand that when you ask God to forgive you, He cleanses you from all unrighteousness. If you don't understand the power of that, then the devil will get the upper hand with you. And that's where he gets most people. They stay down. So you sinned, but did you get up? Because the Bible tells me where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Amen. So you messed up, but did you get up? Did you ask God to forgive you? Because the devil wants you to stay down there. He wants you to, to be uh, downtrodden. He wants you to be a nothing and a nobody and say, oh God, I've messed up again. Hey, I don't care if you've messed up 20 times in a day. Stand up again and say, God, you are my righteousness. Because you're never going to get this and overcome. You're always going to feel like you've done something wrong. The accuser of the brethren. The accuser. You know, let me just say this. It's the number one strategy of Satan that operates in divisive people. Uh, let me talk about this. You've got something to say about a leader and you've got zero fruit, but you want to cause division and malign them and start your little groups and criticize people. Excuse me, devil, get behind me. Amen. I'm not saying it's you yet tonight, but hear what I'm saying. 
So people who do that, and you participate in that, you are working with the devil. He's the accuser. Too many Christians function like that. They think, oh, well, we'll just do this. No, hello, that's not God. That's the accuser of the brethren. Let me just hit this thing straight on. Because we think we want revival, but you can't shut your mouth about another brother or sister. That's not revival. That's a devil. Amen. That's a demon, the accuser of the brethren. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Oh, I, I don't know. I'll make people mad, yeah. So, number one thing. How Satan tries to work, destroy people. It's not by people running off and getting drunk or committing adultery. That's not it. It's the, the accuser of the brethren. Mm. He accuses you day and night, all the time. Hello. People join Bible school and after four weeks they think they know everything. I've got degrees as well. In actual fact, my son's got more degrees than most people. He's got master of this and this and that. He's busy with Juris Doctor. You know, what does it make us if you can't shut your mouth? <laughs> Amen. Hey, Pastor Matt, how are you doing? It's Pastor Matt Ruka. Great to see you here. Amen. Great to have you here. Amen. It's very silent in this Presbyterian church, I see. But if there's one thing the devil will do, keep away, the Bible says, keep away from divisive people. Keep away. Because when God is moving, the enemy will try and sow tears. Keep away. You know why? Because divisive people, the Bible tells us, are marked with a mark. Like Cain, killed Abel, God marked Cain. Amen. Because we know it's a demonic thing. So number one, I won't even go there because maybe I thought, well, I know I can see it gets very like silent. See the icicles like, oh God, what now? Amen. It's just sometimes a warning to bring correction in the spirit realm. And I have no issue in confronting divisive people at all. Whether they're the prophet doodad or apostle hip-hop, I don't care. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or doctor know-it-all, I really don't care. Amen. Come on. So the accuser, number one. Number two, number two the deceiver. I thought I'd better move on Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, I hope you get this. Number two, the deceiver. He's known as the deceiver. Know your enemy. The deceiver. 
So it says here, it says, Revelation chapter 18, verse 23, The light of the lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall not be heard in you anymore. He's talking about deception. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived. He's talking to the devil. God says to the devil, I'll snuff all of it out. Right? He's called the deceiver. He deceives nations. Now, very interesting. I'll just throw this in here for you uh, to help all your, the Greek scholars. Right? The word sorcery here. Listen, it talks here. He says, for your merchants, throw the key that scripture up. For your merchants were great men of the earth. Your business people, merchants, great men of the earth. For by your sorcery, the Greek word for sorcery there is pharmakia. Oh, oh, let me not say anything. Let me not say anything. How Satan is trying to control this, the world right now. He's tried, but the Bible tells me that, that he cannot until God removes himself and the church. I believe in the rapture. Amen. So listen, all of this will be kept at bay. He's tried his hardest through the great merchants, through the great business of the world with their pharmakia to try and control everything. Amen. Come on, listen to me. Now you, you can go make up your own mind. I'm not even going to get into that. I'm not going to get into or, or every conspiracy theory under the sun. But I'm telling you now, he's the deceiver. The great deceiver. Come on. The great deceiver. And so... You can read it however you want, but never think that satanic deception has not been involved with all the politicians around the world and, and some people even in the church and they don't even know it. Here's the point. We can look at men and women and we can say, oh, you, no, it's not men and women. They don't even know that the enemy has deceived them into believing a lie and brought fear and brokenness in people. More people are, are, there's so much pain right now in our nation and in nations, even in hospitals right now. They cannot cope. They cannot cope with the levels of depression and suicide. They just cannot cope anymore. Amen. Deception. Satan is the master of deception. And you know, here's the problem. If you're deceived, you don't know it. But you know, it's amazing that, that a deceived person, because that's the under the influence. You may not have a demon, but you're under the influence. Like Peter was under the influence of a demon. That's why when Jesus addressed him, he said, get behind me, Satan. Right? So when people are under a deception, they, they don't know it. Everybody else can see it, but they don't know it because it's deception. That's how Satan works. Amen. Number three, and, and, and oh, sorry, Genesis chapter three, verse one. It says, now the serpent was more cunning. What was he? Cunning. Deception. So you've got to know your enemy. And, and the way to know your enemy is be accountable. Because people who are not accountable and it's always about them. Genesis, Genesis, Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more cunning. than the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? 
So you know what Satan's strategy is? Deception. He said, he comes to the woman, did God really say? So listen, you can talk to me about demons. You've got five demons. I'll tell you what right now, the greatest influence that Satan has upon people is deception. Amen. And so he comes, did God really say? Huh? Is this what the Bible really means? I don't have to listen to any leaders. I've got my own thing. Right? Listen, you won't be the first person to fall off the, the precipice if you function like that. We need each other. We need to stand firm together. Amen. Come on. And you know, one thing Satan does is very clearly, he isolates sheep. He isolates them. He pulls out. He looks for the weakest and he isolates them. And when he isolates them long enough, bam, then he pounces on the sheep. That's how it works. Agreed? Amen. Number three, he's the bewitcher. So know your enemy. Galatians 3 verse 1 says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. So number three, uh, uh, number, number, uh, uh, the third one, he's the bewitcher. In other words, he, he blinds people's minds, especially when they stop looking to the cross as their source of salvation. If you look to anything else, then you're bewitched. If you think that it's about what you do and how great you are, you're bewitched. Galatians 3 verse 1, very clear. Amen. Anything that takes you away from the cross is bewitchment. Amen. You know, a lot of people think that, that the devil, and, and like, it's like the devil and God. You know, yeah, they are on equal level. No, they're not. No, they're not. The devil's right down there. The cross is up here. God is there. It's the cross. Everything is under the feet of the church. We're His body. So it's not Jesus and the devil on equal terms. Because that's the deception. That's bewitchment. When people believe that. Well, well, the devil's strong. Well, he's so strong. No, yes. He, he may be without God. He's stronger than you. Amen. Come on. Number four. Or uh, point D. He, he's known as the serpent. His serpent. Now, 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 let me just say. is that So know your enemy. Genesis 3 operated as a serpent, but he was cunning. He was deceptive. So he's the serpent. Acts 16, verse 16 to 19. As we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. The word divination here is python. The serpent. Divination. And the, this girl met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. So we see there, it's, it's the Python, plus it's involved with financial issues, business, right? And he says, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. You know, when people, when people like give you Facebook likes, oh, we just love you, Pastor. We love you, Pastor. We love you, Pastor. I'm thinking, oh, thank you that you love me so much. But listen, you, you know, uh, uh, when you keep on telling me this, then my bell's ringing. Amen. Because sometimes the enemy will tell you what you want to hear. He's the serpent. He tells you what you want to hear so that he can get you. Come on. Come on. I don't need you to tell me what I need to hear. I need God to tell me what He wants. Amen. 
come on. And so the, the, the servant, this girl runs, runs around, oh, these are the servants of the Most High God. Now for the average charismatic in the modern day church, we would be thinking, oh, we're so famous now. Oh, we got Facebook likes. Oh, look how many views we got. Oh, hallelujah. We got free advertising. Hallelujah. That spirit, that serpent wants to do one thing was to squeeze the life out of them because that's what a python does. It wants to squeeze you. It wants to get close to you and wrap itself around you to stop the Word of God from coming forth from your life. Amen. Come on, listen to me. So whenever you have people like that that are divisive and cunning and like serpents, they'll try to get close to you to wrap themselves around you. They will even give you money to try and shut you up and to cause you to do what they want you to do. Amen. You know, I remember years back, uh, uh, um, the business guy when we had started a church, um, many, many years back, uh, probably when David was about two, and, and I remember he gave money every month. But I remember the Lord warning me, saying, don't take the money. But I didn't listen. Because, you know, money pays the bills and warnings don't, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you're more spiritual than me, so. I'm, I'm telling you a life lesson here. And I remember the Lord saying, don't take the money. And I remember there was a day that came that something had to be dealt with. And he looked at me. He pointed his finger in my face. And he said to me, I made you. And God said to me, that's exactly why I told you not to take his money. Because he never made you. But that was the devil pointing his finger in my face saying, I made you. Hmm? We don't need pythons like that. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, all that you see in this church is done by faithful men and women who've just faithfully given every month and sometimes given over and above. But there, there will be people that will say, I built this. I remember meeting somebody not so long ago and they said, oh, this person told me they built everything here. I said, really? Really? He must be in his dreams that he did that. Amen? Because it's a python. Listen to me. Always very quiet here. If you don't know your enemy. That's why some things are just shut out of my life and people are shut out because I know exactly where it's going. <laughs> you want to talk about spiritual warfare? We lose spiritual warfare because we don't know our enemy. We don't know how he operates. And you never saw Jesus running around binding and loosing every demon in the country. But you saw him dealing with the religious. You saw him rebuking the, the greedy. You saw him taking on all of these things. You saw that, right? You saw him betrayed, didn't you? You see that. You don't see him running around and binding and loosing every demon. Oh, bind your devil, bind your devil, bind your devil. That's not Jesus, Amen. In actual fact, when Jesus walked, the demons screamed. They ran. 
Amen. And that should be exactly the case, that when you walk into the place, people should leave, especially those who have a demon. Amen. Unless they're... <laughs> but some people, some Christians attract that. Oh, because it makes you feel good. Oh, you're such a wonderful person. Oh, but they've got a knife in your back ready for that. Listen to me. Know your enemy. I'm teaching you real stuff here. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, I'm too young to hear this. No, you're not. Because I had to learn those lessons when I was young. I mean, God said to me, don't take the money. But my stupid mind, not yours, mine, thought, no, how am I going to do without this money? God said to me, don't take it. Amen. Because it was a python. It was a serpent. And so, so what happens that Paul, in verse 18, says, Paul, uh, after many days, Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you, come out of her in the name of, uh, come out in Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Now, there's a whole thing on that I don't want to get into right now. But, but suffice to say that this python deceiver, the serpent always operates in religious circles, business, and judicial circles. That we find here in Acts chapter 16. So listen, how do we deal with the devil? Let's, yeah, let's get to this. How do we deal with the devil? Because listen, all of us face all of these things on a continuous basis. You know that, right? You know that you will face the serpent. You know you will face the accuser. You know you will face the deceiver, sometimes on a daily basis. You've got to learn how to deal with it. Because when, when Peter uh, uh, said something to Jesus, no, you can't do that. Jesus looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to, to, to God. You look for the things of, of man, not the things of God. So what did Jesus do? He knew what was influencing Peter, so he addressed the devil. You've got to learn to address the devil. You know, sometimes we, we, he, he, we, we don't fight with people. The Bible says a war is not against people, but against demonic principalities and powers. So you've got to learn how to, do, uh, how to discern this. You've got to learn how to overcome this and what to do. A lot of Christians don't know what to do because we want to just be so nice with everybody. Because people may think, oh, 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 oh the, the, the pastor wasn't so nice. He, his, his sermon was, oh, was so hard. Give me a break, man. How many people would even make it with Jesus? When Jesus looks at His disciples, He says to them, He says, how long must I put up with you? Go read it in the Bible. He says, how long must I bear with you? Oh, you, you still haven't got it? Oh, but if Jesus said that to us, no, no, you're so unloving, you're so unkind. My goodness me. <laughs> Nobody here. Amen. Are you cold yet? You all all right? The heat's all right? Good. Okay. Listen, we've got to learn how to handle this and not be swayed by this. And learn how to walk your walk. Because you will face this sometimes on a daily basis, a weekly basis. You will face these things. So we want to talk about spiritual warfare. That's why we pray. That's why we pray in the Holy Ghost. That's why we do these things. So that we are discerning through the week when we face these issues, we know what to do. We're not swayed by these things. Amen. So how to deal with the devil. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Are you learning something tonight? 
Amen. I'm see I'm running out of time here, but listen. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So here's how we overcome. Here's how we deal with the devil. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Listen, the word anointed means to smear, to rub in. I'll tell you what, that's why we need times of worship. That's why we need to come under the Word of God. That's why we need to be together for the anointing to be smeared upon us. Amen. So as to be washed in the anointing. Because the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. Somebody say amen. So he was anointed. He was smeared with the Word, smeared with the presence of God. And that's what's happening tonight to people. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. The word power there is dunamis, dynamite. Listen, this is not some weak, pathetic Christianity that we're afraid of the devil, that we're afraid of everything that goes on in the earth. Amen. This is a power Christianity. Amen. He went about doing good and healing. Oh, I tell you what, there's no, what, what a great thing to go about doing good. And thank goodness we have amazing people in the church who do good all the time. I mean, there are people being fed all the time. The food that, that gets distributed all the time. People do so many good things all the time. It's normal. That's how we learn to deal with the devil. Do good. Amen. And be a healing process. And it says, He did good and He healed all who were oppressed of the devil. The word oppressed, it actually means to exercise harsh control over. To, to, to use one's power against someone else, to oppress them. That's what it means, harsh control. So our job is to operate in the anointing to break the harsh control that Satan has on people. Amen. Somebody say amen in this place. It says, those who were oppressed of the devil. The devil, the word diabolos, devil, the accuser. So those who are oppressed of the devil, those that the devil is pointing fingers at, we are to liberate them, amen. We are to set them free with the anointing. And we're going to make sure that we are not the ones that the devil is using to point fingers, but we are the ones that are laying hands upon people to deliver them instead of point fingers, amen. We are called to be deliverers, not accusers. Somebody say amen in this place. That's how we overcome. Ask God, say, God, lead me to do good this week. Lead me to help somebody. Lead me to lay hands on somebody, to heal them. Just your handshake or just your hug can heal somebody. Pray for them when they're sick. Pray and deal with that sickness and deal with the devil. Amen. Instead of using our mouths to break people down. Amen. Why are you talking about this? Because sometimes you've got to address things in the spirit realm. And you know, I'm not afraid to do that. Because I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. <laughs> Amen. You know why? Because Jesus is the pattern. Jesus is the pattern. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That's how you deal with the devil. Get full of the Holy Ghost and power. 
Oh, I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Come on, the bank and come on. Oh, come on. Listen, get full of the Holy Ghost and power. Oh, Come on. It's stirring the anointing up. Go about doing good. Make a decision this week. I'm going to go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. You know what? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. Come on, I want us to stand to our feet because we're going to do something here tonight. We've got a couple of minutes left. But listen, we're going to do good tonight. We're going to make a decision tonight. We're going to walk in the anointing. Amen. The Bible says, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, throw it up there. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Oh, tell you what, you have an anointing from the Holy One. I want to tell you right now, use that anointing to go about and do good and to heal all who are oppressed of the devil. Come on, God wants to use you to crush the devil's head. God wants to use us to heal society. God wants to use us to heal one another. God wants to use us not to judge and condemn and break one another down, but to stand together and say, God, we will see revival. That's the anointing. Come on. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. 20, 21. And it says, Now He who establishes us with you is Christ and has anointed us is God, who has sealed us. Say, I'm sealed. Oh, and given us His Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. I have a guarantee. I don't know about you. I have a guarantee. Uh, your, your car guarantee will run out one day. But the guarantee of the Holy Ghost never runs out. Amen. The guarantee of power never runs out. The guarantee of the anointing never runs out. The guarantee of overcoming never runs out. Come on, this is how we overcome. We've got to remind ourselves of who we are. We've got to remind ourselves that I am full of the Holy Ghost. We've got to remind ourselves that when I lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. We've got to remind ourselves that we can cast out devils. We've got to remind ourselves that we can change our nation. We've got to remind ourselves that we can... uh, uh, be blessed in our business. We've got to remind ourselves when I get into my business or I walk into my workplace, God is with me and I carry the anointing and that my business, that place I work will be blessed because I'm there. Come on. Come on. I'll tell you this one story. You know, many, many years back when I was younger, I'm still young now. Um, Well, I'm 60, I'm young. People are much older than me here. I'm, I go to some pastor's meetings. I'm like the teenager there. Okay. <laughs> Are there any young guys? Oh, he's there. <laughs> All right, Pastor Matt. <laughs> Amen. You know, the, the place we worked at. Now, in South Africa at that time, there was severe depression. There was like, I mean, the economy was bad. Uh, interest rates, and, and maybe some of you who were alive at that time, who are you, who happen to be here. Interest rates were like 27%. You know 27%? You, you, you people are moaning here because oh, it's gone up to half a percent. It's like, oh, it's like 5%. Oh, we, we're going to die. 27%. Right? It was hard. Plus, South, South Africa was under sanctions by the rest of the world because of, of apartheid, obviously. I mean, it was hard. So we went to work for this company. I went to work for this company, and it happened to be that there were a few Christians in that company, in the sales force. And I would deal with architects and different types of people, but we agreed. We prayed. We said, Lord, because we are, will you bless this branch? Will you bless us? 
Will you help us? Will you give us business? I tell you what, that branch kept the whole of that, it was a large company, the whole of that company afloat because of the blessing of God upon us. You see, that's the anointing. I want to tell you, the anointing is not just to cast out devils, but the anointing is to prosper you. Amen. The anointing is to make sure that what you set your hand to do will prosper. Amen. That's why you're anointed. And you and I have to dare to believe this, that we can be blessed no matter what the interest rate is, no matter what the economy is like, no matter what is happening around us, that we can prosper, that we are blessed. We will come through. We will come out on top. Come on, somebody say amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. This is how we fight our battles. We fight our battles by knowing who we are in Jesus Christ. Amen. You want to know how to deal with the devil? Understand that you are anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Come on. And we can go out there and do good. We can go out there and operate the way God wants us to operate. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Jesus.